good evening, and welcome to our show. Thanks for joining the Cherry Ice Cream Smile podcast, a place where friends who just happen to be Durannies get together to talk about our love of music, pop culture, concerts, and of course, our favorite boys, past, present, and future. Hi, this is Suzanne. I'm Jody. Hi, this is Stephanie. Hi, this is Deanna. And we have our mascots with us here today, Rio and Tori, my two chihuahuas, so hopefully they're not going to speak up too much. Welcome to our inaugural podcast of Cherry Ice Cream Smile. Today we are gathered at Suzanne's house to um, kind of just get started and talk about how we all met and why we're here and why we're doing this. Um, this is Jody, and Deanna and I met first, and I think it was in, uh, 2002, 2003? Yeah, something like that. And it was the, the fan community, because okay. at the time it was the, there was like the little, not a chat, but it was the, 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 message, the, the, board. the message board. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And I think we, we met through that, because there was, then there was, there was offshoots of threads that became local wasn't there or like a Texas one or Austin or Maybe, something. Yeah. But somehow there was, I think there was like a gathering or something. And then you and me and Stacy, I remember. Yes. And then we had somebody else with us at your house that time. And I don't remember who all was there. But yes, we had a gathering at my house to just hang out, watch videos. Made the best and... sangria I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I did make sangria. Such a perfect yeah, and then it just sort of went from there, yeah. and we stayed in touch. And I remember because I got married in 2004, and I remember posting about it on the board. I'm getting married, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there was all these messages and everything. And, and then, it, and then they, the reunion happened, and they came. The Austin, the Austin uh, UT show? I think so. Uh-huh. Maybe it was before that. That was like 2003, right, Steph? Because that's where we met. No, I met you a couple of years later. No, I met you in 05. Oh, 05. Yes. Good grief. Okay. <clears throat> so we've known each other much longer than that. Okay. Mm-hmm. What a community. I mean. I know. And, and I wish amazing. Carol, we're going to have to get Carol involved because Carol and I were friends on the B5 board from John's like solo days and it's, mm-hmm. it was called the Blue Board and it was really cool. And then I think you were my next Durani friend to come in. So Stephanie in 05, we met at which show? It, it was at I, a show, wasn't it? I'm Yeah, I met you after the show in 2005 at um, on, U, on UT uh, campus. Yeah, okay, okay. And that was my first front row, my first backstage experience. And, of course, I was on cloud nine. I got Roger Sticks. I mean, I'm just, like, <laughs> floating and um, our mutual friend Christy introduced yes, us yes, yes. after the show, and we stayed in touch and connected, and here we are, and um, it's been fantastic. And Christy's another name we're going to have to get over here because absolutely. she and I met maybe even before Deanna and mm-hmm. I met because mm-hmm. we were seated next to each other at that San Antonio show. Yes, so the San Antonio show we were all at at Laurie Auditorium, but we yes. didn't know each yeah. other. But we didn't know each other. <laughs> yeah, Did you there too at that one. I think so. Yeah, okay. I think yeah. So yeah. Too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Christy. Beautiful my, colors. My yes, yes. yes. <laughs> beautiful colors. Beautiful colors. Did they do salt in the rainbow too? I have a set list mm. list somewhere. Mm. I'll have to look. I'm not sure, but um, 
I just remember like doing my little new religion shimmy and just <laughs> being with my BJ and Charmaine shimmy during new religion. And I remember the person, one of the people that I was there with, I was so excited because that was my first um, time seeing all five original band members together. And I thought I was going to come out of my skin when they stood at the edge of the oh edge of the stage. And mm-hmm. I gripped the person next to me and she's like, uh, Stephanie, you're cutting off my circulation. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, I can't even, I can't mm-hmm. handle this right now. And it was just the most amazing electric magical, um, show. And back to Christy, it turns out when I met Christy, Six or seven months later, it turns out I did see her, um, but we hadn't met yet. And then we met almost, yeah, six or seven, seven months later at the job that I had just started. And I was walking around looking for the Sunrise single and had gone to all the major places looking for it. The Back in the day, I'm aging us Circuit Cities and <laughs> all of those places, Best Buy, looking for it. And I happened to walk into the FYE store in the mall of the company that I was working for, told the manager, you're probably not going to have this because I can't find it anywhere. She was like, we actually do. My my district manager loves them and she made sure we have them in stock. And I'm like, well, you tell your district manager whenever she comes to town that I need to meet her. And sure enough, she was visiting that store that day. And within five minutes, we were chatting and talking Mm -hmm. and just setting everything up for the tour. And it was awesome. (laughs) And here we are. Mm -hmm. Here we are. Is that how you met Jody from that show? I met Jody because Chrissy introduced us after the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward years later. What year was that? I mean, 2014? 14? Or 15. Okay. Okay. To the David Lynch movie at the IPIC. So, this is Suzanne, and I decided I wanted to go see the David Lynch concert. What was it, what was it called? The, anyways, the movie. Unstaged. 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 Actually, in the movie theater. So, I bought a ticket by myself because I was going to shows by myself at this point, except my brother. I would drag him along sometimes. But that's fine. I don't mind because, you know. <laughs> I'm there in the moment. But I wanted to go to the movie, so I bought a ticket, and it was in the IPIC, which is a super fancy movie theater here in town. And I ended up sitting by you, I guess. I sat by yeah, Jody. Yeah. And then, Stephanie, you were with Jody as we, well. We were Jody and Jackie. We went together, and Jackie was mm-hmm. there. That's right. Yeah. So I ended up sitting by oh, y'all at Shelley the movie. And, um, Ray was with us, and Shelly yeah. were there, too. Because mm-hmm. the, there was only, like, there wasn't that many seats in there. I mean, there were, like, maybe... 100 seat, if that. It was very small. But it was super cool to see it on the big screen. And then I was like, these people are going to pay like $30 to see this on the big screen. So maybe we have stuff in common. So <laughs> Jody and I met and then we became Facebook friends. And then the F1 show was a couple months later. So when Duran, the only, that was the only show they played that year. So the only show they played that year was the F1 show here in Austin as yeah. part, of, part of the Circuit of the Americas thing. And we all... We all had tickets from the fan club, but they were all up in the top because to be on the floor were those super expensive, like $500 to be on the floor and have the past hors d'oeuvres and cocktails because of all the fancy people that come into all town for F1. People. Yes. So the, the, the big super fans, Saudi most shakes. of us were up upstairs, but mm-hmm. it was still fun. So Was that the we first met. show we went to? Mm-hmm. Was that one? Mm-hmm. That one. And then okay. we met, this is Deanna, at the book signing, right? Yes. Oh, John's book signing. Yeah, John's yes. book signing. So that was that was 2012. And I was there. You were there, but we hadn't met that no. at that point. 
And I just want to pause right now for the podcast. We're going to have a whole episode about the book signing later on. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Stay tuned for that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. There's another guest we need to have, too, because Jana drove us. Yes. With Captain Steve. What, what, yes. did, what did we call him? The chauffeur. The, yeah, well, duh. <laughs> we called Steve okay. the chauffeur. That's yeah. Right. Oh, my gosh. The, the uh, In the Pleasure Grave book signing is is yes a whole nother yes, topic it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, but so i know that d i know that d was like first in line and that's how we met and oh my gosh, yeah, yeah was first, first in line. line oh yes <laughs> oh yeah we got there super early we had we had like that. little um folding chairs yes we you and your brother and my brother oh and my a friend gosh. of mine valerie who who was a, a, a durani as well not I, I will have to say not as as big as we are but she <laughs> enough to <laughs> to yeah. go early enough yeah. to get first and then the did you go to the F one show? I didn't go to the F one show. Okay. Mm-mm. Well, then we met somehow after I met these two. <laughs> we met. Was it just hanging out? I think it was just hanging out. Yeah. Oh, at my house. Maybe yeah. at your probably house. probably at your house. Okay. yeah. It was. It was. Yeah, because every once in a while gatherings. we'll get together and mm-hmm. be goofy. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Unlike now. Have fun. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and eat good food, and maybe drink a cocktail, yeah. and mm-hmm. talk about. Music and stuff. Yeah. Yes. So we thought, well, why not yeah. record it? Exactly. Yeah. So kind of leading into what this is, is we have a lot of fun just hanging out, talking about stuff, which we're going to do on this podcast. And a lot of times we end up talking about Duran Duran because obviously we all have a great affinity for them. And have that in common. And have that in common. But we love live music. We love pop culture. We love all kinds of crazy things. So that's kind of what we're doing. Okay, so today we are going to talk about our Duran Duran origin stories, and I will start. This is Deanna. So, I was 12, and I don't remember which one came first, seeing Is There Something I Should Know video, or seeing a little feature in Sixteen Magazine which was about the band and it was they and I still have it in my scrapbook which I still have in a box along with all of my other mem- memorabilia and it was like a, a like a survey or a little bio type thing on on each member <laughs> and I remember looking at it and it, it was just like I don't know five ten questions or something and it had a picture um, for each one and I think they'd like filled it out or, you know, may not have been their handwriting, but either way, I just was flipping through the magazine and I just stopped there and I was looking at it and was like, huh, okay, who are these guys? <laughs> um, I'll come back to that. But, um, but I remember seeing, is there something I should know video? Um, and I probably around the same time had seen the planet earth video, but I, w- I just, for some reason was more struck by is there something I should know? Um, not only for the music, but the visuals of the video, right? I mean, this is MTV and it, this was a new thing. Um, I remember the very first time, the, 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 the first night or whatever that, that, you know, MTV aired. I remember all of that going down. But watching this video, it was just visually like, wow, this is pretty amazing, you know, and being as young as I was, it just really sat with me. And the song itself, you know, I mean, just starting out, please, please tell me now, you know, just, and the the video, the way it kind of all came together. And 
It wasn't was like just, anything we've ever heard. Unlike anything we'd ever heard or unlike anything I'd ever seen. And I just was sitting there like, okay, I, I need to, what is this? I need to. I gotta sit down. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta, I just need to, I need to know what this is and I need to. I, I need this. What is this? And and again, it was around the same time that I saw the thing in Sixteen Magazine. And so, um, obviously, uh, they weren't too bad to look at either. So I was like, oh, my God. And yeah, you know, being 12 years old, things are happening. And and when I looked at that, that article and I just saw them, the pictures, I was like, wow. <laughs> these guys are fine to use the nomenclature at the time. Um, They're so fine. Um, I saw John and I I just, I was done. Mm -hmm. I was done. This is forever. (laughs) And here you are almost 40 years later talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm kind of getting all just, Feeling, feeling a little flustered <laughs> talking about it, the but clips. yeah, um, from that point on, I just I had I had to know everything about them and and their their music. I, I listened, you know, I, I bought the tapes and whatever the albums. You know, Seven and the Ragged Tiger came out, and I mean, I, I was in it. I was in it and had my wallpaper, the ceiling, everything was just you know, just sort of the typical Durani story and, and how we uh, live that. And I literally, anytime a video would come on, would just sit there in front of the TV and just scream at the top of my lungs. <laughs> and my parents were just like, what are, what's going on? And they, but they were, they were cool about it. They were great about it. They supported it and they, they loved it. And, but I had to, they came on the radio. I had to record it on the radio on my little cassette you know, it didn't matter that it it was the same song. I still recorded it. Um, I I saw them at the Frank Irwin Center in Austin in 1984. My bro- with my brother, he took me. He he scalped. He bought tickets from a scalper, and I had tenth row floor wow. seats. And I just I, I was beside myself. I was just beside myself. I remember, remember listening to that show on the radio and crying mm. because I wasn't there. Really? Um, yeah. It was insane. <laughs> it was insane. I remember like feeling so upset afterwards. And, and the next day I wrote like a little journal entry and just, just wrote it down, everything that, that happened. And I still have that too in my scrapbook. Oh, that's fantastic. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, man, I, I can't, it's so hard to describe because it just, it just, it gripped me. It just mm-hmm. took me. And the music was just amazing and so fun. And it made me feel good. And I would just dance around. And, you know, I, I loved it. I love yeah. it to yeah. this day. You know, it's, it's awesome. still it's still there. So I guess that's in a nutshell. My Your Duran Duran story, story. My origin story. So when I was 12, I when people ask me, when did you become a Durani? I say when, it, when I was 12, it was April 1984. <laughs> To be exact, still trapped. Still trapped. Um, I remember getting ready to go to school. We had had MTV pretty much from the beginning, and I know I I had seen other previous Duran videos before, but for some reason that morning the video came on and it was fuzzy, and I'm thinking like, what's wrong with the TV? Like, what's going on? 
And then things became into focus, and you know what video I'm talking about. <laughs> and I stood there, and when the video was over, I remember thinking to myself, what just happened? Like, what just happened? What What do I do now? Like, who, what was that? And from then on, I needed to know anything, like Dee said, anything and everything that I could get my hands on about the band. Um, and, you know, luckily back in the day, Bop, the Lord and Savior of, of teen magazines, and pretty yes. much in Star, Star, Star Hits, but Bop pretty much. Yeah, I had Bop. For, I mean, I would say like almost weekly, mm-hmm. Duran was the centerfold, yep. had a Q&A, had mm-hmm. some information. I started making notes. <laughs> I started writing like you know, down, you know, key elements and, and things that the band liked. I started... I could um, copy their signature. Yeah, it was copying favorite colors. I started names. writing, like, colors spelled yes, the right exactly. way, right? Um, favorite. And, and started to research, like you said, to your point, like, as far as putting world travel on the map. And at that point, I had you know, lived overseas, but then these places like which where Sri Lanka where it started looking up specifically mm-hmm. looking up to see where these video locations took place and wanting to know information about these video locations and to your point D of talking about visually the video looked like nothing that you'd ever seen. The thing about mm-hmm. Duran was that I always appreciated is that it wasn't your standard um, cheesy video where it's verbatim, like if someone's right. like singing a lyric in the song about a piece of pizza, then a piece of pizza would appear or something, you know, <laughs> yeah, to that exactly. point. So things are like that, you know. Duran was taking you on a journey. They were taking you places. And I remember reading an article where they were talking about being jet setters. And I'm like, I want to be a jet setter. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to I want to travel the world. I want to yeah. live music. And, you know, just recently, cool. a couple of years ago, when I was having a conversation with a, a dear friend of mine, he was saying that, you know, the reflex set up your love of live shows. Yeah. And... It really hit me that that's that's a fact because that is really the first time that I remember really thinking like I want to be in that moment. I want to be in that experience and hence the live shows are my happy place um, for that reason. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think Lori Majewski in her Mad World book said it the best. She's like, to be clear, and I remember reading this when she said it, it made so much sense. She's like, to be clear... Duran chose me, That's and right. it's truth. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. 1,000%. Yeah. So, well, um, Stephanie can quote Lori Majewski now because she's a steel trap. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. When I, I was, when I read that, I was like, that's exactly, mm-hmm. that exactly summed it up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Duran chose me, and they drew me in, and that became kind of part of my identity. And when I changed schools, so when I was in 12, when I was 12, it was sixth grade for me in that time period. And then I moved and I started a new school. And that was my introduction to people when I started the seventh grade because I walked in not knowing a single soul and I had my Duran pins on my jacket. Mm -hmm. And that was a conversation starter Mm -hmm. for me and the gateway to a lot of friendships um, that I still have now. That's how Lisa and I met, and we're still friends. Yes. So, yeah. Hey, Lisa. (laughs) Hey, Lisa. Is it my turn? Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. Jody. So, this is Jody, and um, my dad worked for Walmart, so every time a new store opened up, we were moving, and at this point, he had told the 
powers that be that he would move anywhere except south of I-10. And the next destination we moved to was south of I-10. Um, we lived in Bro Bridge, Louisiana, which was about 20 minutes from Lafayette. It's the crawfish capital of the world. Um, in the heart of Cajun country. You've been to Bro Bridge. Mm-hmm. Nice. I want to go back. I haven't yeah. actually stopped there on my way through, but I want to go back. There, we lived in a trailer. This trailer got hit by a tornado, oh, and we lived in it. So it was that kind of living at the time. <laughs> Although, there are these little things that happened at that time that I remember specifically. And one of them is that I would come home from school. I would race home every day to watch the end of General Hospital. (laughs) Because Rick Springfield and John Stamos were on General Hospital, Uh, right? And then right after that, I think the name of the show was Night... Not Night Tracks. um, Off the Record, On the Record. One of those shows kind of on like Nickelodeon or something. Richard Blades? I don't know if it was Richard Blade or not. It could have been. I don't know if he was doing that back then. Yeah. I think it's on the record, and I think it was on Nickelodeon. But I remember having raced home, watched General Hospital, flipped on, on off the record, on the record, whichever it was, and there was the Planet Earth video. And these guys had floppy burgundy hair or floppy blonde hair and ruffled shirts, and they're dancing around like I would dance in my room. And I was mesmerized. I could not take my eyes off the TV. I was I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? I'm living in this broke down trailer in South Louisiana, but this exists in the world somewhere and I have to know it and I have to be part of it. It's kind of almost at the same time Hungry Like the Wolf was popular on the radio. So I would hear Hungry Like the Wolf and then I put this image with that song and then the Hungry Like the Wolf video came out and oh my God, these people are so awesome. Listen to that guy's voice. And then, of course, is there something I should know was like the following big thing. I remember shopping all over the place for that single, for that album, for all the stuff that I could get my hands on. Bop magazine and all that was very popular at the time. I remember stealing money from my dad's change jar. <laughs> So that I could mm-hmm. run to the store when mom and dad would go to work. I would run to the store down the corner and buy the, the most recent magazine so that mm-hmm. I would have them. They never knew where my magazines were coming from because <laughs> I was stealing dad's change from his change jar. But my sister and I got into it at about the same, well, not at about the same time. It was all me. And then she followed mm-hmm. my lead on that. She was a Nick fan and I instantly gravitated to John. But yeah, I mean, that was kind of it. It was, and well, and I come by this honestly, because I have an aunt who has a room still to this day in her house that's her Elvis room. I was with her on the day that it was announced Elvis had died. I remember that very significantly and how it impacted her. I have another aunt who still to this day has Rolling Stones memorabilia in her office in her house. So these sort of lifelong things come up because my my aunts and um, of their love of music and such. So mm-hmm. it, 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 I was about 11 or when I was 12, that Planet Earth video struck me like lightning. Mm-hmm. That was it. That's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. So this is Suzanne, and when I was probably fourth grade, I got the, the Rio tape, so wow. the cassette tape. And I think someone was like, there's a song about, like, a wolf. I'm like, okay, let me listen to this. So, at the time, I would listen to the entire album, and I would lock myself in the room, 
It would also be supplemented with Beauty and the Beat by the Go-Go's. So I would listen to the entire Beauty and the Beat and I would sing it all. And um, just a fun fact, I always learn the harmonies. So at any point, if any of the backup singers lose their voice, I am always just ready to go. <laughs> I can sing all the harmonies on all the Go-Go's music and all the Duran Duran music. <laughs> so I would listen to that over and over again. Now, we did not have MTV. So I stayed up every Friday night to watch Friday night videos. Yeah. Yes. And yes. kind yeah. of too. like I'm the mixtape, Diana, you were talking about recording on the radio. Mm-hmm. I would sit there with my VH. My VHR, all tuned, mm-hmm. ready to go, and I still have that tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've watched it. It's kind of funny, and it's funny because some of the commercials are on there, too. Yeah. So I really think my first Duran Duran video was probably Hungry Like the Wolf, mm-hmm. which mind blown, because when you would watch these shows, everyone else had like a video camera just in a studio, just standing just there, and then they like had this movie, and I'm yeah. like, what is this? Why, you know, even at a young age, I do marketing now. They were marketers, and they were so very thoughtful, and I, I, I was drawn to that. And I, this is just funny. I guess it's just kind of innate in me that just their whole branding and everything that they worked on, like, with the Barrows and all of that. Like, subconsciously, I was drawn to that because I was like, it doesn't take that much more to make it cool and make it interesting than to set up yeah. the silly video camera and just stand there and just sing. I think I, I think one night I sang, I saw like Rod Stewart and the Do You Think I Sexy video, which I hated because it had that lady like in the nightgown and it was so tacky. <laughs> and then like the next one that came on was like Hungry Like the Wolf and it was so cool. And I'm like, how can these things be on the same channel? So anyways, <laughs> you know, the videos pulled me in and I don't know in elementary if I was a full Durani yet, but I do remember getting Arena for Christmas. In Christmas yeah. of 1984. And then I had all the posters that matched because they had that same photo shoot. So everything in my room had all of that. And then I started making friends who were fans. And I think I truly became like a Durani when I had my little tribe. And we would all get together kind of like we're doing now. Mm-hmm. And just talk about them. And I'm a Roger girl. I haven't said that yet. <laughs> I love Roger. Probably because he was the most clean cut one. And... and, and <laughs> Oh my gosh. Cute and everything. And I'm a little more conservative than maybe some of the others, but um, he was always so cute. And then, I mean, Andy could be cute. I just wanted to cut the mullet off. I'm like, I would literally look at that poster and like cover the mullet and be like, he's really cute, but he has that horrible hair. So, yeah. This is, Leave my Andy alone. Well, that, this is where my, yeah. my junior high thinking went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is, that's sort of where it started. And I remember, I remember like, I wasn't necessarily gravitating towards people who liked Duran Duran per se. I did. It was more about, it it was almost like I was preaching the Duran gospel, which Mm. sounds so (laughs) silly. I would get my friends Uh and family on Duran Duran Uh and just say, you got to listen to this. Have you listened to this? Or, you know, and I'd play them the videos and, and they were like, you know, it's okay. And I'm like, no, just watch this. You've got to watch this. (laughs) And before you know it, they were, sitting there in front of the TV screaming with me as well. Uh-huh. I did that with my cousins. I did that with friends, like my neighbors that I hung out with, you know. And I was just, <laughs> just I couldn't, I had to talk about it and yeah. just share. Yeah. And and we had, my 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 parents loved music. So there was always music playing in the house. Um, whether it was jazz, my dad is a massive jazz fan, or the Hano music, or, you know, my brothers, I have two older brothers they were into um, the the brother who took me to the show. 
he was into, you know, metal at the time and, and rock and roll and stuff. He used to quiz me on metal songs. <laughs> He'd play like t- a 10 second or 20 second snippet of a song. Okay, who is this? Um, <laughs> remember the Beast, Iron Maiden? Yes. You know, stuff like that. Um, my oldest brother, you know, he was into, you know, Jimi Hendrix and stuff like that. So music was always around mm-hmm. in the house. My dad, mm-hmm. he played trumpet and, you know, that kind of thing. So when Duran, you know, when I got into Duran and I would play their songs just constantly and have it, you know, loud in, in the house, there was no turn that music down or you know anything like that. They they loved it. Yeah, I'm sure they thought I was crazy, you know, when I'd actually start screaming and, you know, freaking <laughs> out, but they they supported it and and to this day they still do, you know, whenever I go to a show or something happens, you know, I'm like, yeah, I just I saw them or really, you know, and anyway, so that that's a vivid memory as well. My mom liked to make up lyrics to songs. Like she heard them all so much that yeah. she would make up her <laughs> own words. Like her name is Rio and she dances in the stream or you know, just a whole bunch of silly stuff. <laughs> so I, that I think that was a byproduct of us yeah. being able to listen to it all the time or watching mm-hmm. the videos was that it sort of seeped into my mom's head at least. Yeah. yeah. I got a job at sixteen just so I could start having my own money to pay for cable in my own room <laughs> so I didn't have to worry about not being able to watch MTV 24-7 and I didn't have to share a TV with my sister. Um, and so I got a job at 16 working at McDonald's so I'd have my own little play money to pay for my cable and to pay for all of my Duran Habit mm-hmm. posters, pens, music, records, whatever extras um, that was considered um, back then. Um, that was why I got a job. I needed to work. And you're much. still that way today <laughs> with your separate Duran account. Yes, my yes, separate. So. Yes, I keep a, a separate uh, Duran account for a while. They're my friends and family. All they would do was birthday occasions. My my birthday is two weeks after Christmas. Um, so it's like, what do I get you? Well, you can just contribute to my Duran account. When's the next show? I don't know, but I'll be ready to go when it, <laughs> yeah. when it was, and I, and I would be. So I think my mom, some, some time ago said, you're never going to grow out of your Duran phase, are you? And I'm like, nope. And she's like, yeah. So I mean, but yeah. you know, now it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's yeah. not a phase. It, it's a lifestyle mm-hmm. is what I like to call it. And the lifestyle tells me. Yeah. So, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad it did. I can't, I really can't imagine, um, and I'll get, I'll get choked up talking about it when I talk about all of the truly amazing people that I've met, um, because of this band. And I think that's every Duran fan and every, every person out there that has, has a music community that they call family. It just brings people together. Music truly is the international language. Mm-hmm. It has just brought me so much joy and the amount, the people from all phases of life and all professions and just we're, we've, we've all come together uh, because of this band, and I'm forever grateful for that. So and the reason that we're sitting here today talking, and um, I can't imagine any other lifestyle. Well said. Okay. Well said. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Ice Cream Cherry Smile podcast. We are so glad you could hang out with us for a while. Please subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite podcast player. See you again real soon.